What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me once again is Colin Mitchell and Maya Mitchell, everybody's favorite pet. It's like our mascot. Honestly, Bruni's breakdown gonna mascot. We should change our logo for to be like a cartoon version just, of Maya. No, just Maya's face. Oh yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, or we can just use a picture of her. That's fine too. We can do it with like us sitting next to each other with her like in our lab, like a family photo. Um, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, Maya is now how old is she? Five months and two weeks. She just lost two teeth last night. Growing up, right in front of her eyes. I know that because I, I have one of the te- teeth right there. I really don't want to see the teeth. No. Um, but I know this because Colin call, I called Colin last night as I was editing his recap. Round of applause for Colin's recaps. Yay. <laughs> Terrific job um, so far because I've been with the uh, doing DRC stuff. So I haven't been able to watch the games live, but I watched the games the next day. And this morning I woke up 8.30 a.m., Grabbed a cup of coffee if I drank coffee. The grind never stops. And watched the VCU game. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I, I, I don't even know what else to say about it, but just to, to have the second game of the year be that intense and that fun on the road. Against a ranked opponent? Oh, I'm, I, everybody in the world is was excited. Like, I was texting people, saw on Twitter, just... Everyone was like, oh, man, it was a great, great showing. And it was. It was a good showing. But I, I'm interested to see how much of it is sustainable. Exactly. So we'll get into that. First, we'll talk about the uh, oh my, I almost said Evelyn Christian. Oklahoma Christian game and then the VCU game. And then we'll look at some big picture stuff and we'll talk about their upcoming schedule and whatnot. So let's get into it, Colin. Oklahoma Christian on Tuesday at home. Season opener. They won by 40, basically. 39. Basically. Come on. They won by 39. Um, They held Oklahoma Christian to shooting about 28% from the field. They shot about 59% from the field themselves. Shot 9 of 18 from 3. Um, The leading scorer was Thomas Bell, who we have, again, raved about on this podcast. 16 points. Zach Simmons had 14 points himself, and Mo Gibson had 12. Now, the Oklahoma Christian game, just to give, like, an overview of it. What was the main thing that stuck out to you from whether that's the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball? Was there anything that's just, you could tell the chemistry wasn't there yet. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about this too with VCU. I mean, it was just a sloppy game. I think they had 20 turnovers. Yes. Um, It definitely showed. And I mean, and it it caused uh, OCU to be up early. It was only seven to six, but still no one really thought that, Hey, this this would be a game. So, uh, Obviously, they were able to pull away and win by 39 points, but the the lack of chemistry definitely showed. Yes. Um, in both the first and second half, they shot similar percentages. Uh, North Texas did. They shot 63% in the first half, 59 in the second half. So it was good to see consistency when they got the looks. Like, they were making them. They were getting some decent looks, but it's like it was getting to those looks, you know? Like yeah. you said, it was finding the consistency and finding – 
the open man and, and knowing where everyone was going to be and facing an actual defense who, although they're D2, um, they're still actual players. Like they, they're skilled, they can do stuff. And, you know, it was a good opening test. And I don't know how many people were there. Again, I was not there, but it was good to kind of get that out of the way in a sense. I mean, I said last podcast, I went back and listened to it. I said that I wish they didn't play it. That's kind of strong. I, I'm glad they play them. And then go before going to play VCU. So at least they got that out of the way. Um, another thing I want to talk about real quick is the fact they forced 22 turnovers against Oklahoma Christian. Uh, it was kind of similar with VCU in a sense, but in the scrimmages as well, this team has turned people over a lot more than they have in the past. Um, you can chalk that up to length. You can chalk that up to uh, having kind of a more balanced defense and having a different defensive scheme in a sense as well. So there's more opportunities... I mean, shoot, how many charges did they take in the first two games, would you guess? Eight? Eight, yeah, I was going to say eight would be a pretty good number to guess. Like, it was a lot. Yeah. It might not be eight, but it was a lot of charges. And those are turnovers, right? Right, yeah. I mean, that helps. They are rotating well. I feel like they're at least, they at least understand the basics of their defense right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that goes a long, long way. And that's why they were able to stay in the game with VCU for a long time. They had a chance to win it down the stretch. Um, anything else about the Oklahoma Christian game? Um, they rebounded fine. Uh, I mean, at least they they rebounded fine statistically. Yeah. It, I don't know how. Well, every time I looked at the stat sheet, I couldn't believe how many more rebounds they had because it was just lots of not going up with two hands mm-hmm. yeah, in that they, game. They ended up out-rebounding them 39-19, to 19, but that's what happens when the opposing team shoots 28%. Yeah. Like, they only made 13 shots all game, so there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of missed missed shots to rebound, um, but yeah, like you said, I think the rebounding ending the season we knew was going to be perhaps their biggest question mark. Yeah, and they did fine in game one, but albeit there were definitely stretches where we were like, okay, well, they should be more dominant. Yeah, um, we saw a lot of Jemiah Simmons playing the five in the game one as well. I wondered if that was going to carry over, and we'll get into that after we recap the the games but the backup lineup looked good the the backup lineup the bench lineup looked good so dj draper you know um larry wise thomas Thomas bell the those guys came in and did their job so i was i i didn't have a problem with it we even saw some jalen jackson in that game man that was and he looked good yeah we gotta we gotta talk about that too later because that was probably the most surprising thing of out of anything these first two weeks yeah, for him to come out and he looked like a he looked ready. He looked ready. He, yeah, he didn't look lost on the, the floor. The which thing is, is, he's physically strong and he's physically there already, kind right. of to a sense. So he just needed to get comfortable. And against an Oklahoma Christian team, I mean, he was he was able to go out and be aggressive. So. Yeah. All right, VCU game, the far more entertaining game, the the game that told us a lot more about this team, which we knew it was. VCU, again, entering the game, we knew a few things about them. We knew they were going to be a run-and-jump type team. We knew they were going to press. We knew they were going to you know, trap as much as possible. Then we knew that their shooting was limited, but they have athletes that can get to the rim and force help and stuff. So um, they had, oh, I'm not going to remember the guard's name, uh, Evans, I'm not going to remember his first name, Marcus Evans, Marcus Evans, yeah. who... Did a great job. Yeah, Mark Evans was, was terrific for VCU. So they have a lot of players. There's a reason they were top 25 rated, and they're going to be a tournament team. 
So going into the contest, I was interested to see how the guards kind of held up on that end and were able to handle the pressure, create out of the pressure, and what their game plan was. And basically, to no one's real surprise, Grant McCaslin wanted to slow the game down, right? Like we've seen that a lot in his in his years here. He's wanted to slow the game down against teams that play up tempo. He doesn't like getting into shootouts with them. Um Unless if it's like obvious turnovers and whatnot. So that's basically what we saw. We saw North Texas run a slower type offense. We saw them not take shots in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. Um, it was really interesting to see how Javion and how Mo handled the pressure and they were able to play. What's the first thing that stood out to you about the VCU game? That they looked competitive the whole game. Yes. I mean that was that was probably the most surprising thing um, because against Oklahoma last year this team looked competitive for stretches but for a vast majority of the game they just looked like they were a far inferior team and then I don't really know if yet we don't know if this is because there just wasn't a whole lot of scouting for mm-hmm. North Texas but they looked like they were they were on the same level as VCU for most of the night and that was probably the most surprising thing to me yeah I definitely you bring up a good point because there's definitely an aspect to VCU not knowing their personnel mm-hmm. well so it was. Not knowing Thomas Bell, Javion Hamlet, James Reese, their games in totality. Right. Um, and also, like we said, Javion and Reese didn't have a good first game. So, I mean, if you're only looking at the Oklahoma Christian game, it's kind of like, all right, well, we, what do we really know about this right. team? Right, and they're JUCO guys. There's not a whole lot of film on them because of that. So. Yeah, exactly. So when you look at them, that from a personnel perspective, that makes sense. And then you go over and you see what North Texas ran against Oklahoma Christian, which was not a lot of stuff. Like, they didn't do anything crazy. They ran a lot of the same stuff on like three or four straight possessions. Like they didn't ha- try to do too much in which is another reason that they had a lot of turnovers because there weren't a lot of advanced sets in place to try to get guys free and do all this advanced stuff yet. No, they were just running similar stuff and basic stuff, kind of vanilla stuff in a sense against Oklahoma Christian. And then they saved the good stuff for VCU and that good stuff resulted in a good amount of threes, a good amount of open uh, I mean, even some layups in a sense, yeah. which kind of surprised me. I mean, we'll get into Zach. I, I do want to talk about Zach, Zach Simmons, because I feel like he's in an interesting place with this team, just in the paint. But I don't want to get to that yet. So, oh, I have a lot written down. So, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to a lot of stuff. But, um, but yeah, the basically, you summed it up. I think that their resilience on the defensive side of the ball was the most impressive thing to me. Their offense wax and wanged it was it was up and down they had the eight minute stretch in the second uh in the first half i almost said second quarter first half where they didn't score and it was like okay well they were still in the game in a sense right, right? you never really felt that they were out of it like you did against Oklahoma yeah VCU, last season. vcu didn't deliver that knockout punch at any time uh and then they didn't turn the ball over enough to give them the opportunity to deliver that knockout blow they were very um diligent with the ball they didn't how many turnovers do they have there was still it was still quite a few. I'm sure it was, but I'm just questioning. It was 18 turnovers. Let me see if that. How many was. points did they have off? See, turnovers? it was 13 in the first half, five in the second half. Okay. And VCU on those turnovers scored 20. Yeah, it's not bad. So it's not not bad. I mean, I mean 20 that, for tw- one to one. Yeah. So it's basically almost. I mean, yeah. it's a little over a point per possession, which is not not bad at all. So, anyways. The turnovers were obviously surprising, but then you have Javion Hamlet get four fouls, what, 
five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes into the second half, and he has to sit for about 10, 12 minutes. Mo comes in, handles the ball, does his job, finds DJ Draper time after time after time, man, who, who really delivered. To I was not surprised at all. Every time he shot the ball, I knew it was going in. Yeah, it's just, it's just so pretty. Because, just, well, for a few reasons, right? He has a beautiful stroke. He is a great shooter. He's delivered on the big stage time after time after time. It's his fifth year. Like, the dude has played in front of huge crowds. He's played in big roles. He's played small roles. He's done everything. He's at the point where he's just kind of, like, ready. Yeah. And, all, and it's really, really, really hard to do. To, yeah, he's polished. Yes. And it's really hard to be ready on a consistent level and be that polished and be that precise in everything he does and to not make too many mistakes he had a couple turnovers obviously but when you play a VC team like vcu they're gonna force turnovers right the whole team had four, 18 turnovers so for dj to have i think it was two or three turnovers like that's not that's not jarring at all his missed threes are the more surprising things especially he's, he's the still open four ones. or seven yes especially the open ones so it's like that surprises me more than a turnover and it might be more painful than a turnover in a sense um so yeah, that was that was the DJ Draper. DJ was great. He kind of sparked the comeback in a way. So they went from down seven or eight. I think well they trailed by eleven at one point. Yeah, they I trailed by eleven. Um, and then they come back. And do you remember the exact sequence? I can. I pull believe it was a Reese three. I can pull up. Like in scoring wise, I think it was. Yes, yeah, Reese hit a three off of a offensive rebound off of, off of a free throw. Yep, yep. D- I, I think DJ missed the free throw like bad. And DJ, was it Mo? DJ, yeah. The one time he got fouled. Yeah, he got fouled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got I fouled, just, went yeah, up for a one and one missed the first yeah. free throw. They get the offensive rebound, kick it out to Reese. Reese hits a Reese three, hits the three to give them it, the lead. And then it was Mo hit a corner three, I think. Yeah, here, I, I have it up now. Yeah, yeah. Reese hits a three to put them up 42-41 with 8.45 left. They go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, VCU goes up. I think you mentioned in your recap they went up and they didn't. North Texas didn't lead again, I don't think. Yeah, they didn't. Um, They were they were down by one or two. But yeah, then, the way. yeah, so then you look at... Mo hits two free throws to cut it to one. Then VCU hits a three. Then DJ hits a three. Um, and it just goes back and forth. And I think that's what... Okay, when people watch basketball, just on like a basic level, when you see teams trading baskets and you see them getting stops and you see them flying on the ground and stuff, the perception of it is really, really good. It's like, damn, this team is going toe-for-toe for them. And they did go toe-to-toe with them. Yeah. Right? But it's kind of like the final score was 59 to 56. There wasn't a ton of great offense. Like the the players were still rusty in a lot of sense. Their players were still finding their footing in a lot of ways. Um, so as much as it was bad or good offense, it was also not great offense. Not, whoa. What did I say? Good defense, not good offense. There you go. You there you go, Colin. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was, it was interesting balance. I understand where people were like, wow, this team like could actually like win Conference USA. This team is a Conference USA contender because I definitely think that they are a contender. But we still need to see a lot more fluidity from them. And um, I don't want to segue into, into our next segment yet. So anything else about VCU's game yet? Uh, I, the only thing I want to say is that VCU... This game was close, not only because both teams are rusty, like you were saying, but also because VCU played toward North Texas strengths in, in a lot of ways. They're not an offensive scoring team. I mean, they have Marcus Evans, who's obviously a good point guard, but 
they're not going to blow you out of the water like a Duke or a Kentucky or anything like that. They are, I mean, last year they were second in defensive rating. They're known as a defensive team. Yeah. And with, you know, both teams kind of being a defensive team at this point, you know, you're not going to be able, you're not, they're not going to be able to pull away. Yeah. And the only way they are going to be able to pull away is if you turn the ball over. Right. And, and get you the give fast them, break points. Yeah. And, and they average more than, if they average more than one point of possession on points off turnovers. Yeah. Like if they had 30 points on those 18 turnovers, we'd be looking at a very different game. Yeah. I think they would have pulled away at some point. I think they would have taken a bigger lead at mm-hmm. some point. And, um, but they didn't. And North Texas defense did their job. So that was interesting. I think the other thing to me was the offensive rebounding North Texas. Both teams had 12 offensive rebounds, but North Texas rebounds just seemed bigger. Yeah. I mean, you had Thomas Bell with two putbacks early. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maya had two, I think, I believe. I don't remember exactly, but Maya had Maya had one or, one or two. Um, Zach was good. The kick out to Reese on the three. Exactly. Like, yeah. they there were some big offensive rebounds, and we knew VCU was going to be a long and athletic team. So for North Texas to be able to compete and rebound well, did they all rebound it for the game? Both were at 31-31 for the game. So they take that any day, any you, day of the week. Exactly, exactly. Them. So there's not a rebounding disadvantage at all. Um, I think that that was probably the main thing that jumped out to me, especially Thomas's rebounds where he flew up for those. I was wowed by those because you've never seen it before on this team <laughs> also also real quickly james reese had two blocks that were terrific oh man he's gonna be Whew. great defensively this year he was amazing um okay anything else about the vcu game nope all right let's let's talk about these games so i gave i gave colin the option of breaking down one game at a time but we're gonna break them down at the same not break them down we're gonna take the overall picture from yeah them, which i think is a good it's idea. two ends of the spectrum i agree and I think we're going to talk about the VCU game way more because that's a, the of course because game. that's the one that matters more. Yes, exactly. Now there's one common no, well, there's a couple common denominators between game one and game two, but the main one that sticks out to me is the play the the play and performance of point guard Javion Hamlet. Yes, right. I think that's a good place to start because I feel like that was the first thing when you watch both games. It's like, all right, that was the same in both games. Like when you just look at it from a point production and you look at it from a shooting percentage product um, production. So Javion went. Let me let me make sure I have everything right here. Javion went two of four against Oklahoma Christian, uh, for six boards, one assist, four turnovers. Against VCU, he went two of eight. Yep, two of eight, uh, for six boards, two assists, and two turnovers. So three assists in the first two games. Now I don't remember if I texted you specifically, but watching the Oklahoma Christian game, there were a lot of moments where I was like waiting for him to be aggressive, waiting for him to force the issue more. He came off of ball screens a lot of times and was extremely passive. Yeah. Like not even like taking a dribble inside the three point arc on them and they didn't hedge it. They didn't do anything crazy on the pick and roll scheme to make him pass. And it's not like his passes were going to a roll man or to an open man off a rotation or anything like that. He was just passing it like just to pass it in a yeah. sense. And that was the kind of alarming thing to me is that I wonder. So a, it's either one of two things. It's either that he doesn't want to force the issue because he doesn't know if it's the right thing to do. And he doesn't want to turn it over. Like he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't yeah, want to press he's trying new, too hard to not yeah, exactly, do the wrong thing. Exactly. And, Albeit a lot of those 
pick and roll opportunities in game one were with about 15, 16, 17 on the shot clock. So it was still kind of early in a sense. But he didn't even like look at all. And we saw a contrast because Larry Weiss came in and was extremely effective off ball screens. Yeah. So that was... In the first game. Yes, in the first game. So that was the most jarring thing to me is that we couldn't tell if Larry was just being cautious, being overly cautious, or if he actually was not able to, didn't have confidence in his ability to get in the paint and make the right decision. That was kind of iffy to me. So when Larry came in in game one and he operated the ball screen beautifully, like he got two feet in the paint, took that extra dribble dribble to really, really force help, dished out assist. Like he had, again, if you get... A foot in the paint at that point, you are just the defense is terrified. The defense has to rotate. It's really tough for them. So Larry did a great job at doing that. And I was just curious because we saw Javion. I remember one time specifically Javion put his head down off the screen and attacked the big. Oklahoma Christian did not have a good defensive bigs, right? So I, that's why I was kind of like, all right, if there's any time you want to just like put your head down, it's like you're up twenty. Yeah, just now's the time to do. Just it. go. And we know he's left-hand dominant. He can definitely dribble with his right hand. Uh, I've seen him make some passes with his right hand too, but he was definitely trying to get back to his left hand a lot more than I remember in practice. Like he was... Obviously, players are going to favor their dominant hand. hand, That's not surprising at all. But it was like he would go right and then behind the back, go back to his left. Or he'd spin and get back to his left. And I feel like that's going to be a scouting thing that we're going to have to that North Texas is going to have to figure out in a sense and going to have to adjust to because, yes, he is left-hand dominant, but he's going to have to show some people he can finish with his right hand or he can make plays going to his right more so. Obviously, I don't think he's like a one-way guy, like only go to his left, but for scouting purposes, you're going to have to be better to your right. And so that was the first thing that stuck out to me was that he's like kind of left-hand dominant. He has a really good floater, though, which I appreciate, obviously. Yeah. Great floater. But um, but yeah, so he was kind of the do- common denominator. And then when you get to the VCU game, he was uh, he was good to start. But he wasn't, again, it, he wasn't doing anything special. Right. right. It, he, 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 he looked interchangeable most yes, of the game. Yes, to a sense. So he kind of broke their press in a sense. He made good decisions. He only had two turnovers for the game. And how, how long did he play? He played... 24 minutes. 24 minutes. So he only had two turnovers in that time and he was the prominent the predominant ball handler in, in the game but he also only had two assists and there just wasn't a lot of creation from him as far as even if they weren't assist just forcing help to kick it out to force a rotation to pass to pass to pass right we saw Mo do that I remember specifically once and again I watched the game two hours ago so this is all fresh but I remember Mo specifically doing that driving kicking and then the ball swung back around to him in the corner and he got a look I believe he missed but or was that the was that the make I don't remember regardless yeah because he did hit one in the corner yeah. at the very end basically yeah. uh but he Moe's looked a lot more comfortable doing that. Larry didn't play as much in VCU game, so we don't know how he would have done. But uh, still, for Javion to look the same in both games against two very different level competition was kind of alarming to me, in a sense. No, I, I definitely agree. I And it's it almost seems like it was kind of... He was thinking too hard about their game plan, which is to slow down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slow, I mean, you know, keep, keep, the, keep the pace of play slow in their favor so he you know he'd come up come up a ball screen like you said 15 seconds left on the clock 
and he was just like, okay, well, I guess I can't do anything yet. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he kind of gets out of this because we we thought coming in that he was going to attack in a more dynamic way than Ryan ever could because of his floater, because of the, you mm-hmm. know. He has the, a more versatile offense. Right, he's, he's able to be more versatile, and we haven't seen that so far. I mean, Mo, I mean, when he was out uh, after he got the four fouls, I mean, team came back. Yes. Without him on the floor. Yes. So, well, the thing is, so I had a specific note about Javion. It was kind of like he was really effective, and I think we're right in a sense that Javion has a more versatile offensive ability than Ryan did, right? But my thing with Javion was I need to see him be able to get in those situations. And right. he wasn't able to have that wiggle to get a guy off balance to attack their hip. Or he, off a screen, wasn't able to get downhill off with a guy you know going under the screen or something like that. He struggled in ways that Ryan kind of like forced his way into the paint. Right. He was just physical. Yeah, he was physical. He was strong. He was long. Javion, I feel like he needs that wiggle more so. And he's a huge Kyrie Irving fan. So that's why I was like, oh, Maya just fell. <laughs> um, And that's why I was kind of like, I want to see him just have a better crossover. I want to see him get someone off balance and then attack more so because he hasn't been able to get a step on somebody really yeah, for any the first separation. two games really and that's probably been the biggest concern to me because we North Texas needs him to be able to create on a consistent level whether that's out of screens whether that's just being able to get a step on your man I don't know but he is going to be the engine of this team and so I I was just alarmed with that in a sense do I think he'll get better though yes I do because I feel like he's going to have that kind of green light moving forward. Yeah. And so he's going to get more comfortable and he's going to start trying stuff, right? Like, I, I feel like he has to start trying stuff. I, yeah, he, he's trying to stay too, too with inside the structure that Grant's given the team. And yes. I feel like it's he's he's overthinking everything on every play is yes. what it looks like. And the thing is, this offense we know is based around players having freedom more so than years past. So right. I feel like with him, like, he's going to have the green light more so than a lot of players. Like, he's going to be able to go out there and have a four turnover game. But as long as he gets five, six assists, he's okay. Like, it's not going to be the end of the world. I want to see him just get to that level. Yeah. I want to see him have those opportunities because as long as he's aggressive, I think that this offense is going to be fine. It's when he's not aggressive and he's passive because, again, he doesn't have a great three-point shot. He's not able to, you know, lose guys with his dribble it's going to be tough for this offense to continue to 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 score at an efficient rate if he's not being aggressive. And it, it's similar to Ryan, but it's not because he is, has more, of, again, ability. He can shoot better. He can do more as a, with a floater game. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, but yeah, ahead. I mean, I mean, it seems like his game should fit this team a lot more than what Ryan did. And so far in the first two games, we haven't seen that at all, so I think that's just what what we're trying to say and get to. Yeah. Because, um, okay. Uh, let me get to my let me get to my game notes. Let me get to my game notes. Okay. Uh, Thomas offense rebounding was great. Uh, I guess we could talk about. Uh, let's talk about Mo real quick. Uh, just Mo was really, really, really good again. 
Yes. Like I can't Mo, I can't stress Mo this has enough. been the, this team's best player so far. I can't stress this enough. Emoji Gibson has looked The thing is, if you would have told me before the season that Mo came out and shot the lights out and was a good defender, I would have been like, okay, that's I definitely could see that. I could definitely see him coming out and putting up like 20 points in the first two games and being great. But he hasn't even done that. Yeah, he shot I think he's hit three threes all I think season. he's hit yeah, I think he's hit three threes. He had I mean how many he had seven points. He only had I mean, he had two turnovers, he had three fouls, he had one rebound, he only was one of four from the field, which were all threes. But goddamn he was in control. Yes. He was he knew exactly what he wanted to do on every play. He knew when he got in the paint, he knew who was helping, he knew where the help was coming from, he knew where the open man was. He had you called it a Derrick Rose pass from under the basket early in the game. Yeah, I, I definitely saw it. I mean, he went up, contorted his body, and wrapped around a pass to the corner. And, and it was a good pass. It was a really good pass. Yeah, and he had a pass in the second half that was kind of a similar thing. It wasn't as much a jumping, but he wrapped it around a guy in kind of a Nikola Jokic style yeah. wraparound pass that was on the money, and that was his passing has just been extremely accurate. Um, but yeah, so that, that was, uh, that's why I think Mo has been just so dominant. It's not because of his scoring, but just because of his passing more so and his vision in a sense too. And we yeah. knew that was going to improve. He, but... he seemed like more. So the reason why I had him coming off the bench in our, in our preseason, whatever you want to call yeah. it was because he was more in my eyes. He was always more of a shooter, a guy that could get buckets. He's shown that he's way more of a catalyst for this offense. Whereas before he was just the guy kind of being the product of Orion or exactly. a point guard. Now he's kind of taken that role as a point guard. I mean, to see him even get to the paint at all mm-hmm. has been amazing. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like he had this last year? Just he didn't have the opportunities. No, I don't think he had this last year. Okay, so I, this is because new. because last year we've seen. I, I remember I forgot what game it was, but I remember the play specifically where he he went in. He tried going in like he has already this year, and he went up for a, a finger roll layup or whatever, and he yeah. just get blocked, or he 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 just kind of stopped grab the ball and then he'd get trapped and he seemed to he seemed to figure out more ways to use his body to kind of get free mm-hmm. and then like you said he has more vision he's able to find the open man in the corner he knows where everyone's helping at and it's i mean i saw it against the in against ocu his very first play was a drive to the basket and he, he scored on it off a goaltend and I, and I didn't know if it was going to be sustainable but he did it again against vcu and that's mm-hmm. super promising to me yeah again vcu is a very athletic team so in a sense i feel like his like when they play at more athletic teams, I feel like he should struggle more, right? And he wasn't perfect. He had turnovers as well, of course. Uh, but it was, more of his turnovers were trying to dribble too much and trying to like create something off his dribble and trying to navigate his way through that. It wasn't his passing really. His passing was on the money for the most part. So, and especially with what we talked about with Javion, is kind of him getting finding his footing. Mm-hmm. If Mo can do this for the for non conference and let Javion, you know, find his find his way, get his rhythm, you know, better understand his role in the offense. I feel like he's Mo Mo single-handedly is going to keep this team in games. Well, he did last night. Yes. I mean, he exactly. was the reason he's the reason they came back. I mean, he he's he, there was when he was the point guard, there was so much pretty ball movement. I mean, just cor- the the so many there were so many times where guys would just always give that extra pass yes. to the corner to DJ or to Reese and it was just it's something you never saw last year. You mentioned something interesting. A reason why the ball movement was so pretty was because the lineup they had out there was 
Mo, DJ, Reese, Thomas usually, and then probably Zach usually. That was probably yeah. the most used lineup in that game. Yeah. That lineup is disgusting on offense. Oh my goodness. That lineup is I'm not going to say it's unstoppable because they didn't they weren't terrific, but like against a Conference USA team that that lineup is going to destroy. I mean, people. if you have if you have DJ in a corner, you you can't move a guy from James me. Reese too. Reese too, yeah, and Reese Reese is 3 of 9 from the field. He had a lot of missed threes, but man, his shot no, he, he can he, shoot. He, yeah, he had lots of stuff go in and out. It's not like these are bricks. I mean, mm-hmm. lots of stuff went in and out of the basket. And every time he shot it, he shot it with confidence. I mean, if you have both those guys on with Mo on the floor, it's tough. That's the that's I, one thing I wrote down was I almost tweeted it watching the game this morning. I was like, this team has like three legitimate snipers. Yeah, like three and guys. I mean, who and it's sniper snipers. These aren't yes. just like Jordan Duffy's. No offense to him. Yes, but last year we mentioned so many times how this team has good shooters, but we always kind of put it in quotations because mm-hmm. it was their best shooters. Now you got guys who are on DJ's level. I mean, Reese is probably just as good as a shooter as DJ in different situations. Yes. And the thing is, last year, when you look at the successful three-point shooters, one of them was Mike Miller, right? But he's not... He wasn't a shooter. He wasn't a pure shooter. Right. He was just a guy who could make open threes. Yeah. Huge difference between a shooter and a guy who can make open threes. DJ Draper, um, Mo Gibson, and James Reese are shooters. Yes. Like they they can, have pure strokes. They can come off of screens. They can take them off dribbles. They can do them in a lot of different ways. And that alone, that has been one of the most promising things to me, mm-hmm. is that we knew they could shoot coming into the year. And again, Mo hasn't shot the ball great. Um, He's not even attempted a whole lot of Yeah, he hasn't threes. attempted a ton of threes. James Reese, again, hasn't shot the ball great. But we know that those three guys are going to be if they get an open look and they're going to have sets run for them as shooters as well. So just that combination is going to do wonders for this team. Now with the interesting thing about that lineup, also Thomas has been proven to be a good shooter, reliable shooter. Yes. A reliable shooter. Again, he's not a shooter. He's a guy who can make open threes and that's really good. This team needs that at the four position. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to segue into this? Oh, Zach. Okay. Now Zach, let's talk about Zach real quick. He's the five in those lineups. He was really good, I feel like, in both of the both of the games. Not only has have his post moves continue to evolve, mm-hmm. he's made a running hook, he's made um a turn over the left shoulder, turn over the right shoulder. I've seen both of them. He has gotten a lot better at noticing double teams, which I was hoping he would entering the year. He hasn't forced too much at all. But if you put that lineup around him with the four shooters, there were times where there were a couple times where they kind of just went to him in the post and spaced out around him. And one of them was uh one of them was a straight kick out from him. Then the other one he took two dribbles in, pump faked, got a guy in the air, and then went up for a shot, but there was help, so he didn't realize it, so he so he missed the shot. Now again, if he just understands his shooters and he can kind of sense the help in a sense and kick that out. This all, that lineup is going to be extremely difficult to guard because they can score in, the po- score in the post, score with dribble penetration, and have Thomas Bell as kind of like a whether that's a cleanup guy or a guy that can attack the rim. That that lineup is going to be disgusting. Like that versatility, and I feel like Zach's kind of like a he's a safe bet, kind of in a sense, because his post ups, if he a if he gets a mismatch, he is good enough to finish at the rim or around the rim. And if he's going against a guy that's his size, I feel like he's still able to get a good shot off now at this yeah. point in his career. Last year, he wasn't able to do that. 
Last year, if you remember, he started the year off really well. Yeah, and then he kind of fell off. And then he played better competition, and then he struggled more. So this year, I feel like he's going to at least be more aware, and he's going to be better at getting those opportunities. He's going to do Another more. thing, too, is that last season, he Zach didn't have this, the, the four-out, one-in type of type of system around him. He, I mean, he arguably only had two out. Yeah, I mean, when you had Ryan at point guard, because he, yeah. you you have guys sagging off the free throw line, and then uh, whether that's Duffy yeah, and then or... Mike not playing, I mean, not being a knockdown shooter, yeah, he had so much congestion in the paint around him. But now it's going to be open for him, and it'll be. In- I want to see, I want to see him hopefully be able to kind of create more out of out of the post. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's a kick out, um, whether that's the guy cutting, uh, yes, cutting the lane. I feel like for him to take that next step this season, he's going to need to kind of find that vision. Yes, that. Watch that Nikola Jokic tape. That Nikola Jokic tape. Oh, what if he starts making Nikola Jokic passes? Makes that three that he made last night to win the game. Yeah. Imagine Zach Simmons game winner from three. That would be something, actually. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bet on it. That's all I'll <laughs> I'm say. I'm not gonna bet on. That's all I'll say. But more another thing, kind of going with the five position is Jemiah Simmons. Yep. I questioned if he was going to continue to play the back of five after the, o- the Oklahoma Christian game. I, I, I wondered if they would just move Dang down or just move Thomas down to the five as a backup center. I wondered if Maya was really going to be able to play with a team of VCU's caliber because mm-hmm. they have a lot of the team at, teams at that caliber in the non-conference season. How many minutes did he play? Eight. Was it eight? It was eight minutes. All in the very beginning of the game. No, I think he played some, a sprinkle in the second half. I don't remember it. And I can look it up. I don't have to actually guess. Maya played four minutes in the second half. No, oh, really? Right. Maya played... Did they not have... The... Whatever. I don't know, but he played in the second half. It's right here. So anyways, he played in the second half for just a, just a little bit. I still have a lot of questions about that. He was a negative nine in eight minutes. He had the worst plus minus on the on the court. He was the backup five in all those minutes. And the thing is, I don't even think he was bad as like a rebounder. Mm. But he's just so limited in a lot of what he does. And I feel like he's undersized in a sense as well. Uh, I only watched the game once, so it's tough for me. And I didn't get to watch it with... Uh, like I didn't have time to watch it. And then I'd be like, oh, I rewind look at a play it. and rewind yeah. it and do all that stuff. I was just watching it like a normal normal guy so but that was one thing that stuck out to me i was like hmm my isn't back up at the backup center spot i I don't know if this is really working um he was in for the start of that drought in the first half i do know that and i just don't know if he's the answer at backup five i don't know i don't know what the answer is at backup five because i don't know if dang could play back five. i don't think so because the fact that he even played like the backup five against VCU kind of tells me that they've kind of just committed to going with him for the rest of the season at that position. Obviously, you can kind of plug in Thomas there, but I don't think Dang. I think they're going to leave Dang as a four. I think most of the season. I think you have to because I mean he's obviously Dang is a capable rebounder. He's a capable defender, but I just don't think he has the stock. Right. Enough he's, to he doesn't have the. He's he's he he his. The way he plays is completely more of a four than it is a five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was able to dribble. He was able. I mean, did Dang? How much did Dang even? Dang had a dunk. Did he score? I think he had a he had a layup too. Dang had six points on three or three shooting. Again, only three shots. He had three rebounds. Uh, no assists. No turnovers. No blocks. No steals in eighteen minutes. 
just solid kind of. Outing. Yeah, he was he was fine. He was yeah. fine, but I just don't think he can play the backup five. No. So it's kind of tough for me to to decipher what they're going to do with that position. Like, are you going to keep Jemiah in? Are you going to keep? I again- think I think against Conference USA that'll work. But when you're trying to play these like VCU, uh, Arkansas, I mean teams with you know athletes, yeah. it's going to be tough to do that. Yeah. So that was that was not promising to me. Uh, he obviously like he can rebound the ball well. He can do a lot of stuff well, but as a backup five. I don't know. I don't know if he's there yet. I want him as a four. I want him attacking the rim. I want him on the floor with a couple other shooters. Like I don't want him at the five and having to come up and. I don't even know how good he is as a, as a screener. Like really, like as a yeah. man who can roll or pop. Well, because like, he's only, he's only six four. Yeah, so, so it's, not it's like, like you're not throwing it up. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked about ridiculous. this. We talked about this last podcast, or I guess last podcast. I don't think he's playable in any other position, on this team. You, you don't think he can play the four? No, because he can't a three. Yeah, but that's uh... you. You you take away so yeah, much. Okay, could you play at... Thomas at the five and him at the four? Could you play or even? But, but why? Why if you don't have to? Just like, what's the point of, of Zach? But but I feel like you can you can do a lot. Yeah, I I don't think Maya should can play anywhere else except for the five. You you autom- You can add. You can have so much more if you have a shooter out there. He limits you way more offensively at the four than. So he, what than do you want them to do it. when Zach's not on the court? I mean, Maya's worked so far, in my opinion. Okay, so you do want them to stick with Maya at the five. Yeah, I mean, you just I, said he can't play the four. I'm just okay. saying he can't play the four. Yeah, I, like I, if he's gonna play any other position, he can't play. I think he's doing fine in his minutes. I mean, he wasn't god awful. No, yeah, he wasn't VCU, awful. But he wasn't awful. He does limit them with, like you said, screens, uh, even scoring on the inside. He had he had two points, I think, mm-hmm. off a off a inside pass from I forgot who, but he's he's not gonna be a true backup center he's he's there to just literally spot minutes for Zach and then Zach's gonna play majority of the game so I mean in eight minutes he didn't grab a rebound he was one on one I just don't know I don't know I don't know and this is all building up to me asking uh, is Shaquem gonna redshirt this year is it because sh- I know that they is don't it, is it a shitty redshirt or are you asking me if I'd rather see him play like what are I'm you asking, asking you specifically? Would I would would I redshirt him? Yes. No, I'd play him. Because because you could because he can play the four. No, he can't. Shaquem? You don't think he can play Shaquem the four? Shaquem cannot play the four. No. Not you at just all. said you just said Jemai can't play the four because he can't shoot. But and then you're gonna see, put Shaquem out there. Maya, who's even more limited offensively. But Maya, Shaquem is not more limited offensively than Maya. Mm-hmm. Not at all. He's taller. Automatically better. No. He's more physical. No. He can do so much no. more. No, he's not. He's not more. He's not a better offensive player than Maya. I completely disagree with that. Okay, that's we, not we can, no. We, we can agree to disagree. Shaquem can dunk. Okay, we can agree to disagree. All right, Colin. But um, the defensively and rebounding, I guess that's where it's kind of. I think he's gonna be Shaquem's gonna foul more, but he might be a better rim protector. He might be a better like help defender. But again, Shaquem is so raw still in the sense that I don't know how much he helps you. Like, I don't know if he helps you win in those minutes. And while I, from what I haven't seen, I don't know if Jemiah's helped them win those minutes. Cause obviously now he's a minus nine in eight minutes, <laughs> but it's like, is the difference between Shaquem and my worth redshirting Shaquem or worth not redding, redshirting Shaquem? Does that make sense? So is it, is the, is Shaquem good enough to, to, to warrant minutes? Yes. Again, to warrant minutes and burn his redshirt. 
And we're only two games into the year, so there's a. I know they could it's, it's, Shik- they could still like be planning on playing Shakim. Yeah, but we just have, I figure they're not. I mean, it. He'd have to be better than Maya in in their eyes, in in terms of what they what he adds, obviously. If if they burn his red shirt, Maya doesn't play the rest of the season, kind of thing. Like they they'd automatically be like, okay, Maya, you're not gonna play. Yeah. So I mean, I think they're gonna have to see more from Maya before they they make that decision. So I mean, we'll we'll know more toward conference time. But I mean, I get we haven't really seen enough of Shaquille to even to say whether or not. Yeah, we've seen thirty minutes from him in his career. Now, so yeah, I think the back of five is an interesting, a really interesting like thing to look at from this team. If they change anything rotation wise, I feel like that would be the main thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think they have the rotation. Except for out. this, Colin, DJ Draper playing how many minutes? Did 16. He play? 16 minutes. Actually, no, he might play more. I thought he played more than 16. 24. It might have been 24. I thought it was 24 too. Yeah, well, I think 24. when I looked, it was 16. It was 24. 24 minutes, 12 points, 4 7 shooting from three. He's two, big time. Two turnovers, no assist, but three rebounds. We came on here. I don't even know how much we hyped up DJ. I don't even know if we did enough. I think I had him as my as one of my as like most improved player. However much we hyped up DJ, it was not enough. No, it wasn't. It DJ was, is going to be great for this team. DJ is essential for to this winning, team to win. Essential. Yes. And I say that not only because he just had a great game, not only because he went three or three from three against Oklahoma Christian. I don't care. His presence on the court alone. And that lineup that we we talked about with just that lineup alone just opens up the court so much and gives you so much opportunity because he's not only just a shooter. Obviously, he's a great shooter, but he is a smart player that's made the extra pass, that's proven that he is willing to make the extra pass and knows the game well enough to make an, an effective pass in a sense. Not only just an open pass, but he's able to make a pass that's going to actually put the defense in a tough position. Yep. He's not th- this guy that's, he's not going to do what Moe's doing. He's not going to go out here and um, get in the pain and create feathers and all this, but he's just smart in the sense that he's consistently able to put pressure on the defense, whether that is with his shooting or whether that is with his IQ. And that is just. He was terrific. Like I don't know if it, the him and Mo backcourt might be the, my favorite backcourt. Like Reese, I obviously he would play the three with those two on the court. Yeah, and I don't know those two as a de- defensive backcourt is not great, but it's not bad. No, I mean you're not like you're not jump, you're not hurting yourself a ridiculous. The drop off from Javion to DJ on defense is very little, if at all. I would say Javion's a slightly slightly better defender. I would say that, even though again he hasn't had great. A great start to the year, but I would say that. So, yeah. So I just and okay. Here's what I was going with that. DJ played 24 minutes, and Larry Wise played six. Now I don't like doing this whole comparison thing and yeah. an attempt of turning it into a you know DJ versus Larry. I don't like doing that. Even if it sounds like I am doing that, I don't. I don't care. I, I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, but. It's essential when you look at a team because there are going to be battles. Just like with football, we talked about, you know, uh, Quinn Whitlock and Nick Harvey. Like, we're going to talk about those yeah, battles. Yeah, there's only because, so many minutes you can give players. Because it's essential yeah. when you look at a team to examine who's playing and who's actually on the court. Mm-hmm. And if DJ plays like this, Larry's minutes are going to be 
extremely, extremely shortened. Like, especially if majorly. your plan is to make Mo stagger Mo and Javion's minutes to make Mo the backup ball handler. That would be terrific. So, it, it Larry's minutes not only ha- depend on uh, DJ, but it also depends on it, how they're going to use Mo. Because if they're going to use Mo as a two yeah. to come off a screen and hit shots, then you'll see more of Larry. But if he, they're going to use him as the backup point guard and stagger JV on his minutes, then we, we might not even see a whole lot of Larry at all this year. I'm trying to think. Okay, so at this point, did I miss anybody? JV on Mo, DJ Reese, Zach, Thomas, Dang. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven. Maya. Yeah, I'm going to assume. I mean, okay, so here's what we're asking. You have Maya, you have Larry. Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Maya and Larry, like, f- not fighting because they're completely different positions, but it's kind of like they're, they, those two guys are contingent on other players in mm-hmm. a sense, right? And they're contingent on the what the coach, what McCaslin wants. I think Maya is more likely than Larry to play a consistent amount, but those are both guys that need... You know, need DJ not to have a need DJ to uh, be limited or need Javion to get in foul trouble again. You know, stuff like that. But see, I I, I don't even see DJ. I feel I feel like if if DJ's having a bad game, I think McCaslin keeps him out there at this point. I would, but that's I mean, just in, me. at this point in his career, because but, he's shown that he's so solid. But again, that's me because I love shooting. Yeah, but so does McCaslin. No, I I know he does, but. He also values a lot of other things way more than than I do. I from a shooting perspective, that lineup that I mentioned, DJ would play fifteen plus minutes a game. Well, he played. 24. I feel like he should. Well, this it's game two. You talking about averaging? Yeah, I'm talking about averaging like twenty minutes a game, like 15, 20 minutes a game. He averaged nineteen last year, but that team was very different, and yeah, the injuries were very and he, different. And he was not; he's not; he wasn't used in the same way that. Yeah, and this year they have Larry, so who is on the same level as him, so you have options at least. But right. I just loved, and Larry was zero for two from three, um, yesterday, and they're good looks. He's a fine shooter. He's gonna be a fine shooter. I just don't know what Larry gives you that DJ doesn't, except for the creation, which seems to have already been made up with Mo. Yes, I mean, exactly. So you bring up a good point in that Larry, if they're going to stagger the Mo, the Mo Javion minutes, there's no need to have Larry in there. But Larry is a capable player. That's where I'm kind of right. You're you're trying to fit him in because he deserves to be there. But yeah, we saw what. But it then did again, him. why force the issue? No, I mean you're right. You're right, and he is a retro freshman. It's not like he has you have to play him. Or yeah, anything. His, his time's not running out. Yeah, so that's the only interesting thing to me is that like I know Larry, if he gets in the game, is going to be effective. Yeah. I just don't know if he's going to. He has to have the ball. He has to have the ball in his hands. I yeah, think. He, he's he's he's, a, and that's not detracting from him as a shooter or from like a, a slasher or anything like that. At this point in his career, though, he's best with the ball in his hands. Yeah, and he's a creator. Yeah, whereas DJ Mo, other guys are more versatile and can do other stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, I think that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch for. Um, what else do I have written down? Oh. Real quickly, I did want to mention that the lineup for most of the drought, I actually wrote it down. Um, it started off as Javion, Larry, James, Thomas, and Maya. And then Zach came in for Maya. So for about the eight minutes that that drought was in, now obviously they, I think they might have been in a little bit before the drought and they they exited with about two minutes. Like Basically, they were like six of the eight minutes at the drought. Mm-hmm. Javion, Larry, James, Thomas, and Maya slash Stack. So I thought that was interesting. I just wanted to mention that. Does that surprise you at all? Or 
I mean, I think, I think VCU, is that a concern for that lineup at all? I think VCU, well, who knows at this point, I think, but yeah. VCU, they pressed really hard and uh-huh. were trapping. I don't think they were ready for it at, at that point. I think that they, because they had played so well up to that point, then VCU just kind of turned on. I mean, coming out of that timeout where mm-hmm. they went on that 15-2 run or 20-whatever to whatever run, I forgot what it was. Yeah. Um, they just, I mean, they were doubling everything. They were doubling off the of screens. They were playing full court press. I mean, I, I just don't think the team was ready for it at that point. Yeah. Um, okay. One other thing I have written down here that is we've already talked about, but I want to I do want to mention it since we did kind of dog Javion for a little bit. With Javion with the step and Javion when he actually is able to get a step inside the three point arc and get by his man a little bit or even just get a lane, he's really really good at creating. Like he had a few really yeah. good passes. Like yeah. he is a good passer and he has a really good floater. He's versatile in ways that I think that is going to help this team down the road. I just want to see him be able to get that step more on demand in a set in yeah. a sense, which is a really difficult thing to ask, but I think it starts with being effect more effective off ball screens. And so that Zach Javion or that Javion Zach pick and roll should be way more effective because of the shooting they have around them. Yeah. Like you have Mo and Reese on the court usually at the same time. And that's along with Javion's ability to, to be different in the paint. Exactly. That things. that pick and roll, I don't have the per possession number on it or anything, but that should be like a one point two point per possession type yeah. thing. Like that should be like super effective. That should be their go to with without time. Exactly. Clock. Exactly. Like ten seconds on the clock, it should just be Javion Zach pick and roll. Which which they kind of tried to do that, yeah. When he, that's why it was two of eight because he 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 had a lot of late clock situations, and I mean some of the shots he threw up were just bad, but like you said, that needs to be the, one of their most effective plays. I agree. Um, anything else about about the games that you want to get to? Who do you think is this team's go to shooter? Go to go to shooter or go to like like go to guy like you have oh, go to one guy. last shot like like last night last shot. To win the game, who do you give it to? I still think it has to be Reese, but I feel like the sets. If I if I like could draw up a set play, I feel like I would draw it up for Mo or DJ. Okay, that's exactly how I'd say it too. But but I, I would rather. I, have... I just I just asked that because uh, I I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter last night where everyone kind of said that there wasn't that go to guy. Whereas yeah, I mean that's that's kind of true at this point. Yeah, we talked about that, but. Before. Reese also missed a lot of shots. I mean, the, the, your go-to guy is shot a lot. Like, Reese shot, I forgot nine how many times. times. Nine times? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Which I think is the most. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to look at that real quick. Oh, he shot 12 times. I'm 12 sorry. times, yeah. So, he shot 12 times, and he made three shots? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was your go-to guy. He just didn't make the shots. Yeah. So, I think they've found that go-to guy. It's just that everyone on this team can kind of shoot now, mm-hmm. and it's it's just a different look. Yeah. Again, if it's like just a isolation at the top, which a lot of people go to, like late games, let's say you have a game winning opportunity. A lot of coaches go to an isolation. Like a high pick or high pick. Yeah. Or a high pick and roll. uh, Because it's, you don't, you know, there's not as much passing and it's not as contingent on, you know, the right uh, movement and the defense could get a hand on it and turn it over all this stuff. They did try to run though late in the game they tried running a hammer set for, I think it was DJ or Mo in the corner, in the opposite corner. Someone drove down, I think it was, I don't remember who it was, and tried to wrap around pass as Zach said, off ball screen for, I think it was DJ flying to the corner. Mm-hmm. And VCU just got a hand on it and knocked it away on like the final 
10 seconds fine it was in the last 10 seconds i don't remember how how exactly might have been the last shot i don't think it was though but it was it was it was late so they knocked that out of bounds then they got it in and that's when the turnover happened and they ended up losing uh the game so i do think it's a good question i think it's an interesting question i I think reese just off of the fact that i feel like he's the best scorer on this team but if i had to like if mac is drawing up a play he's drawing it up for mo or dj do you think that changes though? If Reese starts from to... a three point, if they need a three, I should say. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Do I think that, that changes? Like, do you think Reese eventually takes that role? Maybe because he has such a good shot and he has such good elevation on his shot. And he's um, really talented as a shooter. Mo has a really quick release though, so I mean, yeah, I love Mo's Mo shot. It's really good. Um. And do do make sure we didn't miss anything on this game. Anything else? Anything else at all? I think I'm good. Thomas kind of took a little step back. He went three of six from the field, but I think his rebounding kind of is it weird that he's coming that. off the bench to you? I don't know. Do you think he starts <laughs> at all in this season? Yes, I do think he starts at some point. But he played 27 minutes, and Dang played 18. And I think it stays that way. But he comes off the bench. We have have we seen Dang attempt a three? We have not, right? No, that's kind of alarming. Yeah, actually, no. I think one corner think, three. Yeah, he did. He did. He did try one three. against OCU. Um, I think Thomas continues to come off the bench though, because they don't have uh, you don't have a guy that can do what Thomas does off the bench. Like, I see. You, you don't have like a Mo off the bench. You don't have yeah. You have solid plays, but you don't have the go to guy off the bench. And I feel like he kind of fills that role because if you put Dang into the bench and you insert Thomas in the starting lineup. When everyone, when all the bench comes in, you don't have that go-to guy to get you bucket. You put a lot more emphasis on your starting minutes. Yeah, in a sense. So yeah, I I, I think he does start at a certain point, but I don't know. I don't know if that'll be soon. But Thomas has definitely been playing well. Dang, I don't. I don't. He doesn't need to be more assertive, but he just needs to. Well, a he needs to shoot more threes, and he needs to get more threes. I feel like in a sense, he did play the five a little bit yet uh, last night against VCU, but. I don't know. I don't know where the the offense comes from from him because, like I said, he's not like this big in intimidating guy. He's yeah. kind of more of a finesse player. He's more of a four, like you said. So that's where I'm interested. I think he's got to just get more threes. I think it's that simple. Yeah, it's always my answer. Shoot get more, more threes. threes. Shoot more threes. Um. So yeah. All right. Well, we have one question here from NTSN. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to do something or nothing? I don't know. I don't have anything for something I have or something or nothing. You have something? Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll answer yours. But we'll answer this question first. NTSN asks, turnovers have been a killer so far. Uh, if they keep this up, do you have? Do you think they have any chance against at Arkansas? Um, also, who's the next player to step up? Recently, it's been you and Bell and Draper. So first question was turnovers. Do you think they have a chance at Arkansas if they turn okay, the ball Okay, so this, if this game showed us anything, it's that they can play with anybody. Even if they turn the ball over 18 times against Arkansas? Again, it, I don't know how Arkansas plays. Me neither. So I can't sit here and be like, yeah. Um, yeah. If they play like VCU, if if the team that they're playing is likes to slow the game down, doesn't you know play super fast, then sure, they'll have a chance with this many turnovers. Against any team, though, turnovers aren't going to win you games. I, I do think you bring up a good point in that. I feel like they're versatile in their play style more so. They can play faster teams and they can play slower teams a lot yeah. better than they could last year because last year they were so dependent on trying to get an easy bucket early in the clock. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year it's like, no, we're going to make you play our pace. Well, a bit yeah, more. exactly. We've already seen it where Grant's not only slowed the game down, but he's kind of forced 
he's gotten good looks. I mean, most of the looks, most of the shots last night, I mean, James Reese, 12, probably eight of his 12 shots were wide open. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they just were. DJ's shots too. DJ's shots were wide open as well. They, they just didn't hit. So you, you turn the ball over almost 20 times, no, you're not going to have a good chance of winning. I mean, they shot 21% from three, I think, like, through three quarters of the game, and I said, how are they even this close? Yeah. Um, but this game showed that they can play with anybody. Now, they could still get blown out by an Arkansas, but it's not going to look like OU last year where they just looked like they were completely out of the game. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. But basically, I, 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 I agree. I agree because also from a physical standpoint, I think that they're, they're right. Physical. I mean, they're long. Thomas now. alone kind of kind of helps. Well, Thomas and and Reese as well. I mean, like yes. you said, those blocks. Reese. I mean, those weren't just like some easy block. I mean, one of them was from behind the, the his man. I mean, just athletic plays. Yes, and this team didn't. I have think that the other one was a th- uh, a jumper. The guy was shooting a jumper, and yep. Tom and James got up and blocked it. Yeah, it was terrific. Yeah. Uh, then his next question was uh, next player to step up. Recently, it's been Dang. Uh, Thomas and DJ, who's next, Colin? I don't think anyone needs to step up. But who will it be? I don't because you know someone's gonna step up. Yeah, I know someone's gonna step, step up. But what's the point of the question? I guess is what. Like, is it is it because Who's, make a prediction? Is it because he thinks that no one is step has stepped up? No, he he said DJ right. Gang and but I'm Thomas saying to what have. extent does he want them to step up? Like, does he want the takeover guy? No, he wants what happened. What DJ did, he wants to know who's and what Thomas did in game one. Who's gonna do that next? Javion probably is the most likely candidate considering that he's not really played that well. I I mean, he's going to have a game where he's going to just go off. I would hope so. Mo? We'll we'll get to that in my something or nothing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'll go (laughs) Javion too. Reese? Reese, again, they're already giving him enough shots. They just have to go in. They'll they'll go in at some point. Yeah, he's he's already... the guy, quote unquote. Also, Reese played thirty three minutes and Mo played thirty two minutes. Yeah, Ooh. I mean Reese, Reese, you had to play him that much because of his defense. No, I agree. Yeah, no, I mean he had to absolutely play those minutes. Um, but no, he's your go to guy, I think. All right, give me your something or nothing. Something Colin. or nothing. Let's wrap this up. Something or nothing. Mo's three point attempts. I've seen him hesitate at the line way more than I ever have. Hmm. Yesterday, I remember a play specifically. He was on the right wing, had a open shot. And just kind of hesitated, passed the ball. I think he swung it left, and it was a turnover. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think it's so he shot two threes against OCU, and he shot four threes against VCU. I had him shooting about six threes per game or so entering yeah. the season, and he's at three. I think that there's an obvious correlation here, right? Like there's him being more of a playmaker, and so him not looking as much for himself. And so he's starting to be like, all right, I can take this lightly contested three or I can try to pump fake and get in the pain and try to create something else. That's where the lower three-point attempts have come. Now, do two questions come from that. Do you think it sustains and do you, th- do you think that, do you think he continues to play that way? Or do you think that he starts to take more threes? And I think that, both of those questions are contingent on Javion, right? Like if Javion has better games, Mo's not going to handle the ball as much. But do you think that he should attempt more threes even when handling the ball? I don't. I don't well, think so, because he had a shot. I think to open in the second half where he shot a th- deep three within the first like six seconds of the shot clock. Mm-hmm. 
but why not take that open three on the wing? Because again, he's trying to create. For right, other but it's people. but it's a good shot for him. No, I I agree in that he should take open threes, but he's at the point where he's trying to he's trying to find that balance right now mm-hmm. of being a creator and being a scorer and being a shooter specifically because he's not a great scorer on the inside. So when you're not a great scorer on the inside, you don't have the option of like, all right, if I if I don't shoot this, I can take it inside and go score, like finish at the rim or something like that. No, he is, if I don't shoot this, I'm going to drive and I'm going to pass it out. So it's kind of like you have to find that line as a guard to know what you're going to do. And he's two games into this new role. I think that the three-point attempts will go up. I just don't know how much and I think that's contingent on other players creating more so I don't know if that answers your question I guess what was your question something or nothing it's all it was so is it something or nothing <laughs> uh something or no- wait you said something or nothing Mo's three-point attempts right I think it's something I think it's something okay. because this team is going to need him to make threes and I think he will make threes I just think right now he's become a lot more of a playmaker which is not good for this team no he he is a good playmaker and he's good in that role. So you'd rather have him shoot threes. I just want him to be more of a shooter but and more see, of a scorer because J- Javion needs to be that creator. I agree that Javion needs to be that creator, but I don't think Moe's playmaking abilities need to be contingent on Javion. I think they can both be those playmaking guards. If they're on the court at the same time, we need Javion to be the superior playmaker. I agree, but if Mo has the ball in his hands, I don't know why he has to limit himself offensively just to get an extra pass off. Does that make sense? Yes and no, because he's just, he's such a great shooter. I feel like he knows he can pick his spots in a sense right now. I know he can pick his spots. So he is picking his spots, but you know what I mean? All right. You have another one? Yes, but I forgot it. Uh, Who was it about? Well, I take a drink. Was it about a guard or forward center bench? I don't know how I just completely blanked it. I had three of them lined up and now I don't remember. That's why I write them all down. I should have, I should have wrote mine down. Uh, not to think of one on the fly. Here we go. Something or nothing. Zach's rebounding. What, I think he had six rebounds it? against this uh, against last night, or uh, and he had seven rebounds against OCU. Yeah, he had six last night. Seven against OCU. Uh, I mean, what do you what do you want me to say? He's I expected him to average seven a game, and he's about that number. Thomas has been a good addition rebounding wise. I think Dang has rebounded the ball kind of okay. Did Dang rebound? He had three. He had three. Yeah, he did. Three rebounds. Uh, it's again. It's gonna be very big for their guards to start rebounding better though. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm kind of. I mean, Javion's had. I think he, he had six last yeah, game actually. So so he's rebounding. But do you, but do you see? In my eyes, I feel like Zach needs to get more than that seven a game. Like, give me like nine. Well, the thing is, he's he's more of a box out. We talked about this. He's more yeah. Of a I, box know out I know. I know he's more he's of a not, box out guy, but. I don't know. I just seen him kind of. I I feel like especially against OCU, he just missed a lot of easy rebounds. I feel like. Perhaps we'll see. I don't. I I think it's nothing. I don't think. I don't think it's a big deal at all. Okay. So, anything else? If you remember the third one, you got like five seconds before I wrap. Five, four. You're not even trying. Three. You've given up. Two. Okay. Something or nothing. Oh God. (laughs) I don't actually have one. I just wanted to say it so you could get annoyed. Something or nothing. You think of one. Colin, I drove over here. Oh, and okay. I'm all right. Then just continue. Next the football game starts in an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, we have plenty of time to talk, so I don't know why. You're... Um, something or nothing. 
them giving up 10 of 26 threes to VCU. VCU had a lot of contested threes made nothing. I think it's we, we knew we coming into the game we thought VCU was not going to be a good shooting team. So. Uh, okay, how do you Marcus Evans have? And then that uh Sims guy. <laughs> yeah, Sims had those last two. Yeah. He had two, Evans had three. Yeah, I mean, two of Evans that I remember were completely contested and then Sims were both hard shots as well. I don't I think it's nothing. I think they were just really good shots. All right. Okay. Um all right, that's all I have. That's all we got. That's, that's all that's all we got. What a pod. Do we not wait, are we not talking about the coming up games? I don't know anything about Arkansas. Do you? Well, you kind of just said that we were going to talk about them, so I just assumed. When? At the beginning of the podcast, you said we're going to talk about the upcoming schedule. We don't have to. Don't hold me to what I say on this podcast. <laughs> you know, you just got people have their hopes up just for the Arkansas don't. game. They play Eastern Michigan All right, next they play Saturday. Arkansas and then Eastern Michigan. All right, good preview. 2-0? Who is Arkansas I have beat? no clue. We don't know anything about <laughs> Who Arkansas. Who is Arkansas beat? Colin, I was at a volleyball game last night. I know, I'm looking and at... And driving okay, for I'm four not hours. Saying, I'm, not, I'm just saying. I want to know who Arkansas beat. Oh, I don't I don't know. All I know about Arkansas... Eastern Michigan, give me a W. Okay. Arkansas beat Rice ninety one to forty three. Oh yeah, they beat Teller Rice. <laughs> and uh that's the only game they played. Okay. So I'm gonna go one and one. All right. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know anything about Arkansas. So we'll I'm see. just gonna go based off the fact that they almost beat Rice by fifty points, then I'm just gonna say uh <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say uh, Yeah, I don't think North Texas would beat Rice by fifty points. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. That's on Tuesday at seven o'clock. Um, on on the road, and then they play Eastern Michigan on Saturday at home. Keep in mind, football is on a bye this week. That's why that Saturday game is there. Um, at home, so go support them. Uh, support us on Apple Podcast, uh, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Give us five star review. Um. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud as well. Either one of those. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. Tell your friends about us. Tell your mom. Tell your uncles. Tell everybody that lives in Denton about us. Maybe we should make some flies. We should buy a billboard. Rent a billboard. We should rent, write down with our faces. We like, should really rent a billboard. We could use those grad photos. We can. Of yours? We can. Okay, you know that sign that has the eagle on it. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um. On the other side of that, just have us, our faces on it. Bruni's Breakdown, Breakdown Podcast. Every weekend. <laughs> on Apple Podcast. I don't know how much one of those billboards cost. A lot. For for any of the, you guys Get it for like two weeks. For any of you guys, for any of you, guys, you listeners out there who happen to know or just want to give us a billboard, we'll happily whip something up and throw our faces on it. Yes, we will. We will be very happy to do that. So let us know. Yeah. Um, so subscribe to Mean Green 24-7. Uh, that's what we do all this for. We got some VIP content on the way. Um, listen to our football podcast either before or or not before. You can't listen to it before this, but after this, um, again, leave us a rating on both of the. Or no, you can only leave us a rating on the page. But how many? How many are we at now? Uh, from a rating perspective, Con, I have not looked. Are we still at fifteen? If we're still at fifteen, we might have to start. We had a, we might have to get the billboard. <laughs> we might have, we might need the damn billboard if we're only at fifteen. Here, I got you. 17. Round of applause. That's big time. Round of applause. Thank you, listener. If you're still listening, (laughs) nobody's listening to this podcast anymore. But thank you. So, um, yeah, that's all I'll say. Follow us on Twitter at CJH Mitchell at Matthew Bruni underscore. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to go watch this football game. 
and we'll talk to you later.